Welcome into episode 58 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and I'm happy to be joined once again by David Sisk of Cats Illustrated. David, first off, how are you? Doing good, Jack. Doing good. Great to be here, man. We, you know, we've had a little bit of a delay, a bunch of, you know, changes and, and it, it's been just a chaotic mess there for a minute but we promise to to uh return and return with vengeance return with star power and that star power is in the form of our good friend sean smith of go big blue country sean how are you doing today i'm great jack uh guys it's been a while since i've been on with you but this is uh this is the third podcast that i've recorded today so uh should uh, should have it all under control, and you should get the best of me. Is what I'm trying to say. I should have all the kinks out. All on this like Friday. He's a wanted man. If you do third three podcasts in one day, you're a heavy hitter, man. Sheesh. Yeah. yeah. You, you should have all your points just rehearsed in your head. You should just be flawless. It should just sound just eloquent and beautiful. And we are looking forward to having that. Uh, we have as a as a result of our bit of delay and just scheduling you know you guys have just not known when we were going to put out a show it's just been so sporadic and random in part because there's been just no recruiting news to be totally honest over the last couple of weeks we weren't just going to put together a show and make stuff out of thin air if there's no positive news no you know progression of of past you know recruiting developments not going to just create a show based on recruiting out of nothing so we uh you know we we've been trying to get together some some special guests and you know dealing with 16 17 year olds and you know you know we've tried to get in contact with a bunch of different recruits and all that and it's just it's just been very hectic and chaotic and uh we finally got not just one but two very special guests today it's going to be an awesome show we're going to be joined by 2021 five-star forward Damian Collins and we're also going to be joined by his Atlanta high school basketball head coach Jared Boston both of those guys have phenomenal things to say uh, really had a good time talking with them you guys are going to absolutely love it I promise you uh, but before we jump into all of that Today was a or this week was a, a pretty significant uh, news week just in terms of just what this upcoming roster is going to look like, and it doesn't even involve Olivier Saar completely. Everybody's kind of been waiting on the edge of their seats for that. That's been the big na- big news that we've all been waiting for. But we actually learned that UK is trying to get another person on this upcoming roster eligible for this year, and that's. Jacob Topp and Rhode Island transfer. Uh, the original plan was when he first signed here that he was going to take a redshirt year. He wanted to sit out, develop his body, develop his game before ultimately, you know, returning to the to the actual game floor in 2021, uh, 2022. So first things first, uh, Sean, I'll start with you. What does this mean to you that UK has officially requested a waiver for immediate eligibility for Jacob Toppin? Well, you and I talked about it earlier. Uh, why not? You know, I mean, the, with the, the things have changed so much since Toppin committed to Kentucky and announced that he was transferred to Kentucky because now you've got the push to, you know, for the winter sports to receive a year of eligibility in return. So what does it hurt to at least try? And it's kind of wild that we found it in the preseason prospectus yesterday yeah. morning that no, none of us really knew and then it was right there just tucked away. And I think that was the one thing that, like, all of us found is, like, okay, it's Olivier Sartre and Jacob Toppin. Uh, but I think it makes sense. I, 
he's been showing up a lot, Jack, in the photo galleries that they post from practice. So, which tells me he's he's some, he's making some plays. He's around the rim. He's around the ball. I mean, if anything, it it gives you an extra option depending on what happens with Olivia Sar. It's an extra body. I think you bring up a good point. Every single photo gallery, every single video, you know, practice highlight they've shown every single one of them has included Jacob Toppin. Every single one has had an alley-oop dunk or a corner three, or, you know, they have been going out of their way to emphasize that, hey, Jacob Toppin is here and he is practicing and he's involved. And, you know, he's not just involved in in actually practicing, but he's actually making plays. They are going out of their way to highlight this kid. And, uh, you know, you hit on on a a couple of those major points. The instant, you know, instant eligibility rule for the SEC or the, the NCAA, they are, implementing this or they're actively trying to where this is like they did with college football you know the fall sport athletes it's going to be a blanket waiver a free year of eligibility doesn't matter if you play one second or every single minute of the entire season this year's practically not going to count because they don't want to you know pressure kids into playing in these uncertain circumstances it's, it's, it's just such a bizarre year for everybody that probably a, from a you know liability standpoint I mean there's just so many reasons for them to say you know what this is a free year do what you need to do we'll accept the you know consequences slash you know benefits whatever the case is we're going to be comfortable with with this final result and and you know I think that's the biggest point in itself UK saw this opportunity and said why would we not he's gonna you know if, if we could use him five minutes in a game against you know Arkansas or you know whatever the case is why not use him and with the transfer rule, you know, going away pretty soon, what's it hurt, honestly, for all these guys just to be eligible? I mean, if if 2021 is bringing where kids can transfer and be immediately eligible somewhere else, that's only a couple of months away. Yeah. I mean, they pushed that. Literally. Till, yeah, literally. It's right here. I mean, the college basketball season's pretty much not starting till December. Mm-hmm. It's the last week in November. So what's the difference? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, David – we haven't I think even when he committed to Kentucky it was just such a quick fluid process it was kind of in between us doing our shows and and it was just we didn't even really get the opportunity to talk about this kid's game and what he's going to be down the road you know I I want to ask you in term in terms of this coming roster right now do you see a need for a Jacob Toppin? Do you think that that it it makes sense for you know Kentucky to not only you know get his you know get his immediate eligibility, but to actually use him at some point this season? Um, three things here, and I think they're all win-win. Uh, and I'll start with first, uh, which may be the most important. Uh, people that I've spoken with um, around the Kentucky program uh, who ha- or talk to the coaches, we'll put it that way, uh, man, they really like him. And I mean really, really like him more than they would have thought. And I'm not going to say some of the things that I've heard, I'm not going to repeat because it makes it sound like I'm really going out on a limb. But, man, I'm telling you, he is uh, – He's got the eye of the Kentucky coaching staff. And I know you talked about down the road. I think they probably feel like he can be good now from some of the things I've heard. Uh, Obviously, you know, like you guys said, uh, it's important that you basically get a free year. So what does that hurt? But I think you go into the COVID thing too. I I remember Bruce Arians 
back in the summer said that he was going to quarantine his third string quarterback all year long and he was going to get a good one. Uh, he wasn't going to pick one up off the street because he figured sooner or later with COVID they'd be playing. And if you look in sports, I mean, you know, I live in Tennessee and you see what's going on with the Titans. You know, you talk about Cam Newton with the Patriots and you've just got, there's always the injury risk. I mean, we, We've looked at Kentucky the last two years, and they've had injuries, especially inside. I mean, they've been down to spare parts and, and bringing up baseball players and putting them all in. And I think they're a little deeper this year. But, you know, you still got the injury issue, but you've got the COVID issue too. Who knows? You come mm -hmm. up and play a game, and you could have different players sitting out for 10 to 14 days all year long. So I, I think it's it behooves, no matter who you are, to have as deep of a roster as you can have. I think you're shortchanging yourself if you don't because you may be down to forfeiting games if you don't do it. Yeah. You know, the idea of keeping him saying, uh, okay, yeah, we want, you know, no matter what happens this year, we want him to, to, to value this red shirt. We want to have those two valuable years of eligibility down the road. You know, like, like you bring up, say there's a, there's an injury in, you know, beginning of January or say they keep watching him in practice and he keeps developing and he keeps on putting on weight and he keeps getting stronger and, and he's just looking the part and you get to a January, February and you go, oh, I mean, should we use him? Should we, you know, should those questions start to creep in? And then you already think, well, shoot, we already, we've already wasted a month or two already I mean it, it I think his versatility is important too I'm, I'm sorry to butt in but I mean if you look at what he does he's really a slash three four so if you get some perimeter guys going down I mean he's not gonna play point guard but he could be a bigger wing so if you need somebody on the wing he can do that if you need somebody on the block he's not a center but he you know he can play the power forward role a little bit so he can kind of give you both so I, I think uh you know he he provides a lot of flexibility there for Calipari if he needs him yeah, I, I asked Joel. I asked Joel about him a month ago when I had him on the on Kentucky Daily, and he just mentioned his athleticism and his versatility and his length. Uh, just uh, it just shows up, especially in practice. Uh, and he has experience, Jack. I mean, that's the other thing. Like he he would true. be one of Kentucky's most experienced players if he is eligible, because he at least has a year of college basketball under his belt. It was at Rhode Island. It wasn't in a Power Five, but still we. Any kind of experience for this team is going to pay dividends for them. But if you look at the actual box scores and the actual what games he made an impact in at Rhode Island last year, it was against the big, you know, I think I don't have the list, you know, LSU and, you know, some, some other schools like that. He made impacts in a, a, a strong impact in high impact games and big games for the Rhode Island program. And I think that might be something that the UK staff looked at and said, okay, this kid's obviously thriving against SEC type talent against, you know, high, high major talent. Okay. If, if, if he's doing this against them, we saw what his, his brother did at Dayton, you know, he, he took that red shirt year, he developed his body, you know, it, it's almost an identical story from what was, what happened with Obi and what could potentially happen with, with Jacob it's not about what you're getting from him right now. You, you know, I think they listed him at what, six, nine, which I think that's, you know, that, that in itself is just intriguing, but what he is right now, if he can help even in a, you know, even slightly foul trouble, injury assurance, insurance, whatever the case is, there's, there's just really no reason not to try for a waiver in this case. And, and if he's, if he's a, you know, 
randomly surprises everybody and has a fantastic season and and you know it's a win-win across the board if he comes in and he's not ready yet then it, it doesn't matter it, it doesn't hurt his eligibility at all it's just a it, it makes it, it makes no sense not to move forward with a decision like this um moving on a little bit from from that side of the transfer and the waiver issue but by doing this, we, we talked a little bit about how the NCAA is is actively trying to remove this, um, you know, add this blanket waiver for winter sports athlete for the uh, additional year of eligibility. And by rule, Sean, does this not mean that Olivier Saar is guaranteed eligibility for, you know, he's already been approved by the NCAA. I, I just pulled up the official SEC bylaw. It's SEC bylaw 14.115, and it says a student athlete who, upon enrollment at the certifying institution, has less than two years of eligibility remaining, shall not be eligible for intercollegiate competition at a member institution until the student has fulfilled a residence requirement of one full academic year at the certifying institution. He has one year of eligibility remaining right now by definition if they add a blanket year of of free eligibility he has two years of eligibility meaning he does not need to sit out for a full academic year have the full year of residency does that mean that if this goes into effect i think it's being voted on next week or early you know what i think early next week does that not by definition mean that olivia sar is going to be guaranteed eligibility by the way that rule's written, you would think so. And that would be a Greg Sinke decision, correct, from the SEC? I, I, I would guess so, but it's, it, it would be the NCAA's decision for the blanket waiver, but the SEC I'm rule, mi- it's an SEC yeah. rule for, for, the, for the full year of, the, of yeah. residency. But. And, and two, if, the, if, that's, if that goes into effect, you're right. Like – I don't know how you wouldn't just go ahead and just rule him eligible because I mean, what are you then? What are you saying? Because then he would have two years of eligibility, even though he would technically be a senior. Uh, but two, if even if that didn't come down to it, you've already saw the SEC rule change some of the rules with uh, Joey Gatewood on the football side of things. So that's where I think the SEC would come into play on the basketball side of things and probably rule him eligible anyhow. Mm-hmm. But with the blanket waiver, I, I just see, I just see a hard, I just find it very difficult to really rule anyone ineligible during this time and that's that's just what I think it's going to come down to I just feel like that given the circumstances around COVID-19 and all those players that missed out on postseason play last year the coaching changes all the uncertainties it just doesn't make sense for anyone to really be ineligible in any NCAA sport this year yeah I, I completely agree David last time we talked last time you were on this show I think it was two weeks ago uh you said that you felt more confident in Joey Gatewood's waiver status than Olivier Sars, given the recent string of events based on what the SEC came out and said and, and all that. How has this news changed your mind? Are you as confident as we are? We'll just have to wait. It looks better. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And we'll, like you said, they're supposed to meet next week. So I think we just kind of wait and see, uh, you know, what they say next week uh really the suits i mean it's going to be up to them because i just think things happen i don't know it may be kentucky recruiting in general where nothing ever happens the way it's supposed to happen yeah <laughs> and, and i mean not, i mean when's the last thing anything ever happened ever happened well well and i would call this recruiting i mean because he's uh, not yeah. his name at kentucky yet so i still call it recruiting 
when's the last time anything around Kentucky basketball happened the way it was supposed to happen in a recruiting world? So I'm just gun shy to say, yeah, it's going to happen. You know, we're yeah. going to get some good news here. It's going to happen, man. I'm just, I'm just gun shy. I'm not going to lie about it. If, yeah. if it came down to the, if it came down to an SEC decision, the SEC would ultimately be deciding to impact one of the better teams in the league negatively. That's that's got to be a tough pill to swallow if you're Greg Sankey and the league office. Yes, that rule is there, but you're pretty much essentially saying, with SAR, I think Kentucky is a legit Final Four contender. If you take SAR out, it hurts one of those top two or three teams in the league. That that's got to be a tough pill to swallow for the SEC. Yeah, and especially in a time right now where revenue is so important and putting out the best product and, you know, getting those viewership dollars and ad revenue, you know, when all of that stuff is so important to worry right now uh, out of all times about something is as stupid as a one full year of residency rule for a, I mean, of all time, yes, we have seen petty rulings in the, by the SEC, petty rulings by the NCAA right now, but this is not one of those times. You, you know, we've said on this show over and over and over again, right now the SEC has to do right by, you know, the SEC has to do right by these kids. The NCAA has to do right by these kids. If there was ever a time for these institutions to just, you know, say, all right, well, times are tough we just got to get through this and 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 you know make tough decisions even if it's not to the book you know to the rule to the book to the bylaw then so be it we just got to do what we got to do now's not the time to worry about you no. know the little specifics and the little the little nonsense in that front and, at all and that's it and that's at every school that's with every program like mm-hmm. not just kentucky i would say the same thing about any other program any other situation especially during this time yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's a uh, it, it, it's definitely something that I feel better about. And once this is, I think the last report was that it's going to be voted on this week, this coming week. And uh, by definition, the way I read it, we could hear at the exact same time news on Olivier Sar. I, I just, based on my reading of the rule book and based on, you know, how things have been moving and how they worked for the fall semester. And I mean, after or the, uh, the fall sports after the NCAA ruled that fall, you know, made that fall ruling, we saw opt-ins and opt-outs almost instantly after that. So I, I would consider this kind of on that same, on that side, on the same wavelength. So me personally, I, I think this is a good news and I, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if we heard something of the sort right around the time this gets officially voted on and implemented by the NCAA. Um, all right. Well, we'll move on from that topic and we'll transition into a few recruiting notes before we jump into our interviews. But before we do that, uh, we got to get to our friends at my bookie um, between the NFL college ball and MLB playoffs. There's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn on your game day into payday with my bookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay uh, for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, 
uh, and player prop bets, it's never too late to get on in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use our promo code Sources Say to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code Sources Say, no spaces, just exactly how it sounds for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit stacked ufc cards presidential prop bets there wasn't one about the fly on mike pence's head but i'm sure there's going to be something along those lines moving forward with these you know with, with all this stuff moving forward all the major sports and more there's so many opportunities sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie now david you are our resident expert you have uh uh, you have won our listeners a ton of money if they had followed through on some of your PGA uh, bets. And I'm just dying to know if you have any off the top of your head to, you know, to, to get, uh, to get this little, you know, get this little promo started for this coming weekend, big sports weekend. There's gotta be something in your tank. I'm sitting here watching second round Las Vegas as it goes, man, Bryson DeChambeau is going to win his tournament again, but you can't get very good odds because he's such a favorite. But I would go ahead and put a good future bet, prop bet already on him to win the Masters. I said that before he won the U.S. Open. There's no rough. He hits it 500 yards. He's going to tear that course apart. There you go. I, that's that's from our resident. He's a great putter. He is going to destroy Augusta National. That's I mean I'm that's signing. our resident better. You, you got to trust. I'm signing up right now. Anybody. I'm signing up right now as we speak. As you should. I, I actually I'm not did. giving any more. Uh, I'm not giving any more football bet since I said Kentucky and points and <laughs> Auburn was the greatest bet ever. I'm not. And we all. Well, I'm, not, you, I'm it, not going that route anymore. If you think about it, it was at the time it should have worked out. Kentucky just kind of crapped the bed there in the second half. It was on pace to be the perfect bet. We tried. Teams I personally bet in the bed. It's why they've got skyscrapers in Las Vegas. You're you're right, but but. Yeah. But at some point, somebody's got to beat the establishment, and that's going to be us. It's going to be you, our loyal listener. Uh, I have faith in you. Uh, Sean, I want to ask you before we get into all the recruiting fun, Kentucky minus three uh, uh, against Mississippi State. What do you think of that line? Are you, are, are you feeling confident about Kentucky to, to, not, to just not only win, but break that three-point spread against Mississippi State tomorrow? I don't know. I'm uh, I'm a little back and forth on it. I do think Kentucky will win the game tomorrow. I picked them by four, so I'm right there on it. I picked them right in that four point range. So uh, that would be a money one. maker. It would be, but uh, given and the are first you going two to use weeks your, of the season, your personal dollars on said matchup. <laughs> That's another question. I do think, uh, yeah, I do think Kentucky does get back on track tomorrow, though. There we go. I, I like the optimism, and, and I would appreciate that same optimism for our listeners to do the same thing that's promo code sources say at my bookie, where you will be a winner. All right, let's jump into our fun recruiting stuff before jumping into our interviews. Um, all right, let's, let's play some roulette here. We're, we're talking about gambling. Name the recruit that we'll start with out of out of the you know the the hot button issues right now that we'll start with Sean. Who who should we begin with? Damian Collins. Damian Collins. All right. Well, we're we're going to be talking about him. He's going to be joining the show here in a little bit. Um, I got to be honest. It was one of my favorite interviews that that we've done. 
Sean, I, I called you a little bit, uh, you know, after it told you some of the, some of the, you know, funny stuff that he said, I gotta, I, I gotta be honest. I, <laughs> I, I just can't envision. So you'll hear from his coach. His coach says that he's a good old country boy down from Atlanta, Texas. You know, j- there's a reason that he's, you know, kind of a homebody. There's a bunch of big 12 schools on his list. He is a good old country boy from the South. And mind you, he is a six foot ten, two hundred and fifteen pound forward that jumps out the gym and averaged like eight blocks a game last year as a junior. So I, I'm just trying to envision he's his his in this interview you'll hear he says that he has a a, a few horses and one of his common things, one of the things he loves to do is ride you know ride horses in his in his free time and like you know go through path, you know, paths and, and go in the back country and, and just go on his horse rides. Can you even envision a, 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 an athlete of his stature getting on a horse just casually for fun and doing it like on a regular basis? Just that, the idea of that just blows my mind. That's why I picked him when you asked me to pick somebody first, just because our phone call earlier, because you, you had me laughing and thinking about it. Cause I've been trying to think about it all day ever since you told me, uh, wow. No, you usually, you usually call me when you want to get the country aspect of things, yep. but today my favorite voice to, in, uh, my favorite the, voice in media, <laughs> but now it was, Damon he talks like a Yankee. What are you talking about? <laughs> Here comes David. <laughs> yeah, if he, I think between... I, if he came to where I live, they, they would think he was from Manhattan or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, ride to Florida, ride to Florida with me, David, and you'll change your mind. That's, that's not <laughs> that's not Manhattan, Kansas, either. Yeah, between yeah. the two of you, we have some uh, some very unique voices. Jack. You would fit in right where you you would fit in in those dirt paths and, and trails with right with Damien oh. with his with his uh you know horse expertise and I I was stupid I didn't even pre- I didn't even bring up the idea that hey Kentucky is a you know the horse racing capital of the world Lexington Kentucky for sales right next door I completely you know screwed that part of the interview up I didn't I didn't even follow it up and be like hey kind of ironic that Kentucky's on your list of final schools but I was just so caught up in the moment of trying to envision this six foot ten basketball player you know riding horses you know just casually for fun and that's that's why you know I asked you that I said did you did you mention anything about you know Kentucky and horse racing and (laughs) you were like no I didn't but David you, you say that I sound like I'm from Manhattan ride to Florida with me like Jack did and you'll be convinced otherwise when I get upset on the highway when I talk fast that's when the eastern Kentucky comes out of me 606 definitely comes out of that man <laughs> for sure he is he has a whole lot of hick town in his voice it's it's quite entertaining all right let's uh let's jump a little bit into the Damian Collins interview slash what we know about his recruitment what we think of his game all that good stuff David you actually got the chance to talk to him first you got to warm him up with the the pre-sources say interview you got to you know kind of loosen him up uh get some of the good stuff out of him first before we you know i kind of hit the you know late half you know second you know haymaker in the in you know later in the week i want to know what you thought of that interview and if if your mind has changed at all in his recruitment no he didn't really give me enough to um to do that because i wanted to talk about each school that was on his list and you know he said 
you know, I really can't do that, he said, because it all comes down to these are the five schools that are on me the hardest. And these are the ones that make me feel like they want me. And um, so, you know, that was something that kind of stood out. So you, you really couldn't differentiate it. And he kept saying through, he said, through the interview, all, all these schools are doing this right now. All these schools are doing. So he really didn't do that. But we got into Kentucky. You know, he just talked about, like, there's a lot of contact right there. Uh, you know, he talked about, you know, the, the relationship with Jai Lucas. The big thing, you know, his ultimate goal, he did talk about the NBA a lot. That's his ultimate goal. So a lot of people ask me, and I'm sure you guys get the same questions, are, guy, are, are recruits taking notice that the success that Kentucky players have in the NBA playoffs? They are. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was talking about that, and I asked, and he talked about uh, John Calipari comparing him to Anthony Davis. Uh, that was the one he made. He said they came in, you know, they were skinny, they were long, they had the same type frame, same athleticism. So he had made that comparison. He said that made him feel good because Anthony Davis is actually his favorite player. So it, it was uh, – so, you know, if you really want something to go by, you know, that's it. But – you know, from things I've been seeing, you know, it's an Oklahoma, uh, it's an Oklahoma, uh, Kentucky race. Uh, you know, Dan McDonald did a thing today on Rivals, and he said he that's what exactly he said the same thing, and he would put Oklahoma slightly ahead. And I think uh, that's what most people think, but it is, uh, I think, a very competitive race. Yeah, and, and you bring up Oklahoma. And everybody talks about the, the the big picture scenario with Oklahoma. They have commitments from two of his best friends right now, Bijan Cortez and C.J. Nolan, who, as you guys will hear here in a little bit, his coach said that uh, Damian spent the night with Bijan a, a whole bunch this summer. They worked out together. They're very, very, very close friends. Um, he did say that that they're not actively, like, recruiting. I mean, they're, they're loosely recruiting him to, to Oklahoma, but – when they talk, it's not about recruiting. They, they go out of their way to just kind of leave him be, you know, make sure he doesn't feel pressured because they, they are friends first above, you know, hey, let's join a super team and, you know, bring Oklahoma back to start on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, their, their focus is definitely more on just, you know, being friends. And, I mean, they, they are really close. And, uh, you know, I was kind of looking at the map. You look at the, the finalists on his list, you would think like Texas and Texas Tech and, you know, those, those schools right there. Oklahoma, I think, is closer than – I think Oklahoma is the closest finalist on his list. And, you know, he's kind of a shy kid. He's a homebody. When you factor in his two best friends being at Oklahoma and the proximity to, you know, proximity to home, it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And if there was one school that that could, you know, win out over Kentucky in a battle like this – it's, you know, especially for a kid as shy as he is and as, you know, down to earth and just quiet as he is, Oklahoma makes a lot of sense for sure. The thought process is if Kentucky had not got involved, he would have already committed to Oklahoma. You know, that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people believe and that Oklahoma and that Kentucky has given him something to think about. So it's basically a process of them trying to flip him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and we won't jump into his recruitment a, a whole lot more because you are going to talk to him and, and hear from him in, in just a minute and uh, hear from his coach too. Uh, but I will I will say his coach brings up a, a a pretty significant point where he says that 
uh, Damien's getting exhausted with his process. He, he said on the show, he was like, eh, it's not that bad, but he said that his dad's tired of, uh, his coach said that, that Damien's dad is tired of seeing him tired and exhausted dealing with coaches, dealing with recruiters, dealing with media interviews, like what we just did. Like he's, he's ready to take this step forward. Uh, he even brought up a story about uh, Oklahoma, you know, having a zoom visit with him late at night, one night, it lasted an hour and a half when he was supposed to be in the gym. Uh, his coach went to the school, op- you know, lo- unlocked the doors, you know, he was there to, to work out with him, watch him work out. And he was sitting there the whole time on a zoom call. And he kind of, after he hung up, he kind of looked at him and was like, you know, kind of shook his head. Like, I'm sorry, man. You know, it's, it's just another one of those things. And, and it, it's taken a toll on him and, you know, whether he admits it or not, it's, it's definitely something that, that, I mean, it, his dad notices at home says that, that he's tired of this process. He's exhausted. He's tired of seeing his son tired. And because of that, it's definitely starting to seem like like we're leaning toward a an early signing, um, an early signing. He even admitted that 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 the odds are pretty good that he will uh, make a commitment in the early signing period. And that I mean we're a month away from that right now, so we are in the home stretch of his recruitment. And I'd like to say I would trade Kentucky's position with Oklahoma, but you know it's just one of those things. It's one, a one B right now. I'd probably, I mean, I would take Oklahoma very slightly above Kentucky's chances right now, but I mean, it, it, they're just so neck and neck right now. They both present very, uh, very strong cases for, for his interest. NBA professional business decision is Kentucky personal home friendship decision is Oklahoma. It's very likely going to be one of those schools, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. It's going to be you know it's going to be interesting to see, and and uh, we're we're looking forward to it. Real quick, Sean, I didn't even get your opinion. What what do you like about Damian's game, and what do you think he would mean for you know to to be an addition to this uh, uh, recruiting class for Kentucky? Human pogo stick. I mean, he's he's bouncy off the floor, great range, uh, shot blocker, uh, just. Overall athleticism, just very impressive when you turn on the tape. Uh, I like his game a lot, but I, I'm with you. I would go Oklahoma. It's close to home. And Kentucky's the the outlier there. That's just – it's so different than the other schools. The other schools are, are Big 12 schools, uh, probably programs that he's really familiar with and areas of the country he's really familiar with. It's a difficult decision. Uh, I like – you know, David brought up, does the NBA playoffs, does it have any effect? I think it does on a lot of these recruitments. And one note, too, is most of the time, these high school kids, they're playing when the NBA is going on. Yeah, Nobody's that's true. Right now. They're literally – everybody's getting to sit back and watch this NBA bubble. And I, If it doesn't pay off in this recruitment, it's probably going to pay off in some more. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. And uh, we'll move on from that one since you guys will be able to hear from – uh, him himself uh, will jump into let, let's say Hunter Salas right now um, it definitely seems like things are trending in the very right direction for Kentucky uh, they're, Kentucky has picked up a ton of crystal ball picks I, I believe a couple future casts as well it definitely seems like he he said in an interview that he was going to make a list cut rather soon uh, but very likely wait until the spring to make an, a, a decision that's contrary to what pretty much everybody kind of thinks you know in recruiting circles right now and and people that follow you know recruiting rather closely everybody thinks that this decision is going to be you know coming to coming to an end and that you know we'll hear an announcement sooner rather than later likely in the early signing period and 
my gut is saying, you know, based on the buzz, based on the momentum, and given the 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 idea of potentially ramping things up and making a decision in the coming weeks, David, I'd like to think that that means good things for Kentucky's chances. Yeah, and you basically took my thoughts there. Um, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to me to say, okay, he's going to wait to the spring and do this and then go right behind it and make a prediction of where he's going to go. And there's been a lot of that, and it's moving pretty quickly. I mean, we've seen a lot of predictions for him this week. So um, I'm trying to find out some things on this one. And like I say, if he does it in the spring, then I don't really buy into it that that's what he's going to do. Now he could, but I think visits are a big thing to him. Mm -hmm. uh, is he trying starting to figure out, hey, there may not be visits in the spring either, and let's just go ahead. So I think it depends a lot on when he's going to do it. Like you say, if he does it in the fall, it seems like there's a lot of Kentucky momentum right now. I spoke to an individual earlier today. I'm going to find out more from him tonight. But, you know, when I asked him why, uh, you know, why does it look like uh, Kentucky right now? And he said he likes the big stage. Those were his words. And I'm mm -hmm. going to hear more. So, But I'm really curious right now uh, why that buzz. But more importantly, does still all this mean that he's going to do it in the fall? I think if he does it in the fall, uh, it helps you answer your second question. Yeah. Yeah, that's – it'd be it'd be big time I'm I'm it, it would make a lot of sense the timing just I mean it, it all all the puzzle pieces kind of feel like they're starting to come together that momentum is shifting in the right direction and you know Kentucky usually gets that one premier guy in their class they you know usually get them early they like you know it, and it seems like we are trending toward toward Hunter Salas being that guy now Sean we haven't gotten your thoughts on what you like about Hunter's house's game, you know, what, you know, who you think he compares to and, you know, all that. So I, I'd like to get your thoughts on, you know, just what do you like about Hunter Salas and what would he mean for, uh, you know, for, to join Kentucky's recruiting class? I think the easiest comparison is the one that's been going around for months now. And it's Shea Gildas Alexander, yeah. just the, the size, the skill set. He's so good with the ball, six foot five guard, mm -hmm. uh, he fits the mold of a John Calipari guard. And this this might be one of those recruitments where I was talking about where this NBA, the NBA playoffs maybe factor in for Kentucky. Mm -hmm. well, he got the offer, and he's been able to sit back and watch for two months now. Jamal Murray, Shea Gildas-Alexander in the playoffs, all these Kentucky guards having success, I think he'd be huge. You would have an elite piece with this class, another guard with Nolan Hickman. It'd be a great start for John Calipari to really get this thing rolling for this class. Yeah. And it creates versatility uh, in, in terms of, of what Calipari wants to do. You have Nolan Hickman, who we've had on this show. We've, you know, talked to his dad. Very comfortable off and on ball. Very versatile, you know, could play one or two. If anything, Hunter Salas might be trending a little. You know, he was before just a primary point guard. Could, could do nothing but, you know, be a primary point guard. Now he's kind of a two-ish one. You know, he, he's kind of – he's gotten that versatility. I mean, he has – you know he can do both right now um and and he's trending that way where you, you know you throw him out here kind of like a Tyrese Maxey you don't want to play the two today we can play the two we need you to play the one go for it you can run point like he that type of versatility Calipari loves and then you have you know possibility of Devin Askew coming back 
he is an, another one of those guys that you want to put him in the corner and as a catch and shoot, you know, catch and th- shoot three guy, put him on the wing, you know, however you want to utilize him or, you know, on ball as, as the main number one. Calipari thrives with the, with that versatility guys that can just, you know, grab it and go however you want to use him. You know, the, he fits that mold, uh, you know, to a T and you know, we're talking about sky Clark, things kind of sort of seem like they're trending back Kentucky's direction. If he, you know, as of right now, I'd probably s- stick with him in, in class of 2022 sticking there. But even if he does decide to jump it, you know, you can, you can work all of them in together, different lineups, different rotations, We've seen Calipari do it before, and, you know, we, we would very likely be able to see it again with, with this class for sure. Sky is announcing on the 22nd, right? Yes. Is that still yeah. the plan? Do you, yeah. you so think we there's any – two weeks away do, from that. Do you think there's any significance to the 22nd? I believe 22nd? the only reason – I think it was only because he announced it on September 22nd, and I think it was just I'm going to announce <laughs> a, a month from today. I think that's, that well, might he, be the only – if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't do it on October twenty second, I'm I would, uh, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to it could happen on another date as easily as it can happen October twenty second. I'm telling you. Yeah. We, and we'll we'll leave it at at that. There's a. Uh, yeah, it, we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it at that. We'll uh like like we've said over and over again. We'll talk about that one in depth whenever whenever the the that comes to fruition whether it's Kentucky whether it's North Carolina whether it's whomever however this goes we'll uh, we'll definitely talk about that whenever the time comes all right we'll finish off with Bryce Hopkins there's it's been a very unique recruitment because when he first announced when when he first announced his decommitment from Louisville, Kentucky reached out almost instantly. We heard of an offer within a week or so, and momentum shifted almost instantly. That Kentucky was the heavy leader, heavy heavy leader. That it was not an if, it wasn't a, a an if, it was a a win situation. Almost all momentum flipped in Kentucky's favor favor and. By the looks of things, it, people kind of assumed that he was going to be a wildcat by now at this point. I've talked to his dad 10 times now over and over again. He's been great to me, great for us. Um, you know, I talked to him again last night. I guess I'll rewind a little bit. He originally said after he got the offer, he was going to sit down with Bryce and the family that weekend. So he got the offer October or August 22nd, 21st. Uh, that weekend, he was going to sit down with Bryce and his and his family. They were going to come up with a a timetable slash just a method of attack for his for uh, this his decision. Uh, things went quiet for about a week or two. Then he decided that he was going to drive down to Lexington with Bryce, and they were going to just walk around campus. You know, go through the bookstore, go through the business building. We talked to him about after that. Things went fantastic. Uh, he said that he was going to make a decision uh, by the by the middle of September or the beginning of October. It is September has come and gone. October is the beginning of October is now officially done. I talked to him again last night to try to get an update, you know, kind of say, Hey, you told me last time that it was going to be early October. What's the latest. He said uh, that we're, you know, we're just kind of taking things easy right now. We're going to, uh, you know, we're just continuing to take zoom calls, do, do phone calls. You're just moving, you know, moving 
forward, but not rushing into any major decision. But he said Bryce will be committed in the next couple of weeks, said that he wants to have this decision over within the next couple of weeks. Uh, David, you've been all over this. You've talked to plenty of the guys, and, you know, insiders up in the Illinois area. You're, you're very familiar with this recruitment as well. Uh, what have you heard, you know, the, the latest information on this front? And do Kentucky fans, you know, what, what should they be feeling right now? You know, a while ago you asked about um, Olivier Saar and the eligibility ruling, and I said, you know, it never happens that easy because look at the recruits. It's just all over the map. You look at every player that we've talked about, you know, Hunter Salas has gone from, you know, North Carolina to Kentucky. That thing's kind of flipped. You know, we've talked about Sky. We've talked about um, – um, well, obviously not with Damian, you know, but, you know, that that was really – there weren't, I don't think, as many teams with the opportunity as what we have here. But when you look at these schools and these players, uh, you know, in the last three days I have heard Wednesday night there was a lot of Providence talk – or Tuesday night. Wednesday it turned to Illinois. I was hearing from people everywhere that Illinois – had really kind of jumped into the driver's seat here. And now here on Friday, the Kentucky's talk starting all over again. So it's kind of all over the place, another one. Uh, but I think that's just the thing about recruiting. And it tells me that, you know, in the dead time right before announcements are made, all people have time to do is really speculate and it goes all over the map. Now, there have been some Illinois talk that makes sense. Uh, you know, they had a workout. I heard his dad was at the workout wearing Illinois gear. Um, and I've heard some other things. I know they're working on a Zoom call now. But I've always – now, we've heard some different things on the level of Kentucky's interest. Uh, you and I have have heard two different things uh, over the past. And I'm not really going to get into that. But I will say that um, I feel like if Kentucky – really, really, really wants to get all in here. And it looks like it may be leaning back toward that way, that if they want to get all in here, that, you know, they still got a really good chance to get him. Yeah. And I kind of leave it at that without just having a lot of loose ends and we just don't have time to tie up. But, you know, we're just going to see, I think, over the next few weeks and days – just how serious that goes. And I think if you hear that Kentucky's giving him a lot of attention, the more attention they give him, the better that shot's going to be. I'll be honest with you, I, I had a future cast in for Kentucky. I've got it undecided now. And that doesn't mean that I don't think they're going to get him. That just means right now of everything going on, I don't know. Because I think Illinois is making a definite pitch. But mm -hmm. I've heard Illinois, Kentucky, Providence. I don't think Providence – is going to fit into this as much from different things that I've heard. I think he's got a lot of people in this camp would like him to choose the other two. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's Kentucky or, or Illinois. Yeah. And, and, and I asked, I reached out to somebody on UK side last night. We talked about this, David, based on the buzz that you were talking about that we're not going to, you know, get into some of the specifics, but I, I will say there was some buzz that Kentucky wasn't as that they weren't reaching out as often that the, the contact had died out just a little bit now I don't know if the, the rumblings were out there 
that maybe they like somebody else a little bit more, whatever the case was, there's, there's that part is the, is the big question mark right now. But I reached out to somebody on UK side again and uh, they said, you know, no, still all in on him, still like him a whole lot. He's, he's, you know, still one of our top targets. There'd be no reason for us to not, you know, push for a commitment to, you know, move, move in on this kid. Um, so they are saying all the right things. Bryce's fan, you know, Bryce's dad said all the right things last night, said uh, Kentucky's in contact all the time. He said, I talked to Joel yesterday. Um, I, he said, Bryce texts back and forth with John Calipari every, you know, every once in a while, they have a very strong relationship. And uh, when I asked him a minute later, what's going to be the big determining factor on where he, he decides to sign, where he decides to commit, he said, it's going to be a trust factor with the head coach relationships with the coaching staff. You know, he went right from saying we have a great relationship with the coaching staff to saying a, you know, we're a big deciding factor and this is going to be our relationship with the coaching staff. So both sides are saying all the right things. It could be 100%, you know, blowing smoke. And I mean, there's a reason that earlier this week, David, as, as you said, he was wearing Illinois gear to work out. There's a reason that there's been Illinois buzz. There's, it seems like there's, you know, we're on that home stretch of, of his recruitment and there's, you know, some flip flip flopping of information, trying to you know maybe throw throw off the scent, whatever the case is, and uh, and it, there's there's a reason that all of this back and forth talk is going on right now. So I will say, on Kentucky side, they are confident, they like him a whole lot. They're saying that they're still all in on him. Uh, Bryce Hopkins' dad said that he's all in on him. That UK is still you know all in and and love him. Contact remains. So that's just – I'm not even going to make an educated guess, not going to guess where he commits. I'm just going to present that information, and you guys do with it what you what you guys want uh, as, as listeners. So, um, Sean, do you have anything? I know you, you, you had talked to his dad a little bit and, and are familiar with his recruitment uh, quite a bit. I, I don't know if you wanted to add anything to that before we wrap this thing up. Uh, there, there's not really much to add to what you all said, Jack. I remember in August, though, we were sitting there wondering if we were going to be making a pretty – quick trip to that part of the country yeah. the Chicago area because the way things were moving early on after decommitted from Louisville but no I'm I'm with you guys I not really want to say too much like David said yeah yeah it's a it's just one of those things we'll uh we'll know either way he's another gonna he's gonna be another one of those signing early signing period guys I mean we're gonna get a lot of movement here in the next next couple weeks yeah. I mean these shows are gonna be well very 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 big and very uh, important here as the weeks progress well, I will ask you about this before we wrap up. So, Kentucky starts the season, what, November 25th, somewhere through there that mm-hmm. week. How many guys do you think will this class have by then? There'll be at least, in my opinion, a couple possibly would, on board. I, I like that two number. I, I'd put the over-under if we're going to talk back about our uh, our my bookie friends. If we if we could put our own personal bets in, I would put the over-under at, at at two right now. I, I feel yeah, that's what I'd said. Feel it safe that UK will add two before two in the early signing period. I'm gonna say three. Oh, okay. I like the confidence. You got Hickman. I think uh, now if Hunter Sal and it's going to pin. That's the big question. If Hunter Salas is going to do this in the fall, so you're talking about early signing period. I think it's gosh, I don't know, November the 11th or something like that. I, I think, think 11th like, through the 18th. Yeah. Something. So yeah. if it does, you know, you've got, um, I think two of the three between um, Hunter Salas, Bryce Hopkins, and Scott Clark. And we've got Damien there too. 
but I'm going to say – I'm not even thinking about Damon. I think two of the three between uh, Salas, Sky Clark, and Hopkins uh, will pick Kentucky. There we go. What is there any – any possibility that UK gets all four? Yeah, but obviously it gets a lot leaner, you know, as you go, the odds go down. Um, but I think, like I say, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, if you gave me a number and said how many are they going to have, I think they're going to get two. I think they'll get two more in the fall. I think they'll have three in all for early signing period. All right. I, I like now, the confidence. I, not that, that's just – that that's a guess but educated guess well yeah just trying to put it all together uh and if i had to pick a number i wouldn't say zero makes sense i wouldn't say four makes sense uh but but i i, I like i think they can get two guys well there we go i, I like the confidence and i like the they do uh, get scott clark i don't want to but if they do get scott clark i think you're looking at a reclassification so okay. I, I'm just there we go. All right, we'll, uh, we will transition this into our interviews. Uh, but first, uh, Sean, we'll start with you. Where can fans find your work? Find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. And, uh, David, where can fans find your work? Uh, on Twitter, Coach David Sisk, and at Rivals Cats Illustrated. So. It's good. Uh, it's good to talk to you two northern guys today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go that far. Let's not get too crazy. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. With that, we will be back next week, uh, and we will transition this into our interview first with Atlanta High School basketball head coach Jared Boston, and then after that, five-star forward Damian Collins. We are now happy to be joined by Atlanta High School basketball head coach Jared Boston, coach of 2021 five-star forward and Kentucky target Damian Collins. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing well. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Nice to have a good player. You get interviewed every now and then. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, and you you sure do with with Damian Collins, um, with with Damian obviously being one of UK's top recruits on the board for next year. We wanted to use this opportunity to talk about you know to one of the people closest to him uh, regarding his game, personality off the court, what it's like to coach him, all that good stuff. Uh, so we'll jump right in with, you know, how would you best describe Damian's game? Uh, give me your best scouting report uh, as, as his coach. Just as far as his game, it's, it's very, very – best thing I'd say about him is explosive. He just – he does some things that will have you shaking your head saying – how did he do that? <laughs> and uh, it's just amazing watching his growth, really, from the last two or three years. It's just amazing how, how good he's gotten. But he is uh, just absolutely long, long arm, long limbed, and and can. But he's he's strange in that usually you get the real tall kids. He's about six ten. You get the real tall kids, and they don't have that explosive jumping ability. Uh, those you know he's got like six five, six six, you know forty above forty. 45-inch vertical is what he's got, I wow. think. So, I mean, it's a, it's unbelievable. He's just so athletic and so explosive. Wow. And, but the thing about him, I will say, is his game is also, to me, it's like in the baby stages. He's, I think that's why people get so excited about him because they can see so much potential for growth in him that it's just, it's just unbelievable, to be honest with you. 
Well, people always talk about, you know, the the explosion. You know, he can jump out the gym, you know, rim, rim runner, block shots, alley-oops. You know, he, he's that type of guy. But, you know, some of his most you – know, his latest film kind of – he's kind of trying to expand his game, kind of do the point forward thing. You know, kind of – he can, you know, start – he's starting to make threes at a solid rate. And, you know, he's kind of trying to develop his game to be that inside-out type guy. Is that kind of something that you guys are focusing on? Yes, he has. His, his freshman year – and I, you know, you can kind of tell he's gonna—he's not gonna grow up to be the, the big wide body, post up, and 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 NBA teams, really college teams don't do that much anyway anymore. Right. So, uh, so, you know, he kind of wanted to be outside, and I kind of had to talk him into, hey, let's go outside a little bit because he's yeah. so good in there too. But uh, here we're just, you know, kind of gonna turn him loose. He's kind of the, the trail man, the the four kind of type, and he's gonna be setting screens, shooting threes, and uh, hopefully he'll be slipping inside a whole bunch. Especially we see a lot of zones with the people that we play. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he'll be slipping inside and uh, and uh, doing some stuff in there. But, yeah, he just he really has expanded his game. He went a lot this year, this summer, during quarantine. He would go work out with his kind of AAU bunch. They didn't play, but they, they worked out a bunch. Mm-hmm. He really worked on his, on his outside game, so. He's got a lot better. He's got a lot consistent, a lot more consistent stroke uh, this year. I've noticed in practice too. So uh, it, he should. Uh, I don't know. It's be, really be interesting this year. To be honest with you. Do Do you have a, a player comparison for him, or is there somebody that you, that you know of that he models his game after after the most? <laughs> I hate to, I hate to throw this guy out there because it just, I don't know. You know, it's way everybody. In a way, he's kind of. For us, he's kind of Kevin Kevin Durant would be what I would be. He doesn't shoot it as well, but he plays. To me, he's he's a defender on top of on top of that. A, a lot better defender, I think, than Durant would be. So, uh, kind of like that. He kind of has the same uh, look on the on the floor as as maybe a KD, but more of a. I'm trying to think of a defensive player that would be. I'm, I'm telling you, there's nobody really that. That I've seen here lately that is like him defensively. It's just unbelievable. If he puts a little weight on, is able to handle the, the banging. Uh, it's it's going to be he's going to be a you know he's right now he's a D1 college defender no doubt. But uh, I don't know about the player, but KD would probably be the probably the closest thing. Man, that's that, those are some some big old shoes to fill right there. <laughs> I, I know I, I hate to say that because he doesn't he doesn't have the offensive game. That, that KD does, but uh, like I say KD doesn't have the defensive game that, that he's going to have. So that's fair. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a tra- it's a trade off. Yeah, that, it, it's fair, and uh, and it, it totally makes sense. Now, if you are say you're the opposing coach, uh, you know, and you're looking to slow him down, what's your opposing scouting report for him? Well, like you know, highlighting <laughs> his weaknesses. You know, give, give me your game plan to slow him down. I'm gonna the night before I'm gonna go to before I go to bed I'm gonna pray really hard that <laughs> something happens to him because around here there is no I'm telling you there's nobody that can really slow him down but just just that probably uh, people that have given us trouble and it's gonna be harder this year because overall we're gonna be I think just a a lot more experienced a lot better but people just try to you know one person's on him and then when he gets the ball they're gonna see him two and three and sometimes even four. Last year in the playoffs, he had four guys running at him, trying to make him give it up. And uh, he's making a lot better decisions this year, so that'll that'll help us uh, in the long run. But 
Yeah, just I just try to honestly just try to send people at him and make him shoot the, the outside shot. And just hope he misses. That's really the big thing. He's ranked as high as as number ten in the country. One of the be- top players at his position. Do you, you know, if you are one of the recruiting guys, one of the, you know, the the experts, would you say that he's ranked accurately? And and what do you think his ceiling is in terms of of ranking and just overall ability at at the college level? Yeah, it's funny because I I ask college coaches and like as they came in because I've honestly I've coached twenty seven years. I've never had a this high D1 prospect. I've really never had a D1 prospect, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> I'd ask him, what, what is your, uh, you know, why are you so attracted to him? And, you know, they would say defense first. He's long, he's athletic, athleticism and defense. But I'm, his ceiling for, you know, is so high. That's what I think really attracts colleges. And it would attract me, too. A lot of these guys I watch and I see them on highlights. And, and you can tell they put a lot of time in their game and they're, muscled up and they they're you know maybe their ceiling's not as not as high maybe they're at their ceiling to be honest with you mm-hmm. but he is his his ceiling is just out of this world it's just unreal he hadn't he hadn't even come close to me touching what he could be so and you know if he does if he doesn't we'll see but i, I think that's the biggest thing is just he has such a such a big ceiling such a high ceiling what was a you know good an average night for him, you know, points, rebounds, assists, blocks, just, you know, what, 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 what is that yeah. last year for, for you? And then what are the kind of the expectations this coming year for, for, you know, as you, you talked about with the, with the team having more experience and kind of not having to rely on him as much, but still, you know, having him kind of handle the, you know, the bulk of the work, what, what would you, you know, what would you say the difference is between, you know, just pure stat line from last year to this year? I've, Honestly, I think he'll average probably probably a few more points. He averaged about 24 last year, but I think he's going to average more. But I think I think all of his averages, honestly, are going to go up. Now it's going to make us probably a better team. We got, like I said, we got a few more things, a little bit more experience. We got uh, four starters coming back, including him. So we're going to be okay. But he's just improved so much that you know he's got. We could probably. He could probably average 30 a game, to be honest with you, about 15 rebounds. Last year it was 25, and I think 12 is what he was, 12 or 13, and then seven blocks a game. So he could, he could actually average a triple-double, <laughs> and you know, that, that triple one being a, being the blocks, because he could, he could easily average 10 uh, blocks a game. Wow. It's funny, a couple of years ago, a guy was telling me, uh, a head coach said, hey, did you do stats for our game? And I said, nah. I said, I really didn't. And uh, – he said, "Did you know Collins blocked ten shots in the fourth quarter against us?" Wow! <laughs> I was like, I, I did not know that. <laughs> he, he he has ability for us just to change the game. That's what I tell everybody. I'm gonna have to start coaching defense next year because we just pretty much funnel everything to the middle, and he just he's just so good at blocking shots. Wow! Uh, he just he just goes and gets them. Yeah. Sheesh. Well, uh, switch it over a little bit to his personality and, you know, what he's like off the court. You know, everybody can, you know, go on YouTube, look up his highlights and, you know, watch game film and all right. that. But, what you know, you, you get to see him on a day-to-day basis. What is what, what is whatever school he decides to go to? What are they getting uh, in, in terms of, of, a, of the kid off the floor? First thing that's strange about him, and I mean, the top, I always see these top guys and they are, you know, they're, they're dogs. They're mean and they get after you, and which I'm not saying he's not and keep be, but he is a just honestly he is a really really nice and sweet kid. He's really 
shy and unassuming. He's not going to talk a whole lot. And uh, he just, he's just really a good old country boy, to be honest with you. And uh, I kind of like that. He, there's no, not, there's not really any ever any attitude with me. Now he'll he'll ask me stuff in the game, and hey, can we can we try this? And I've, as as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little wiser and thought, you know, maybe some of these kids know, you know, what they're talking about. So I'll try some things, and and we've talked over some things. And uh, but he is a he's really a he's really a good kid to be honest with you. Real shy, introverted type of type of kid. It's kind of strange because you, you see those kids, those those high major. And I, I'd say this: the if if he was the alpha male dog, I'm talking the the mean guy, he might be number one, the number yeah. one ranked kid. Because I'm telling you, he would he it would be unreal. But his personality is just is just not like that. Well, how how do you think that would fit in at a at, at a Kentucky? You know, there's 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 been some kind of rumblings that that he you know he's kind of a homebody. You know, that's why he was so interested in some of the Big Twelve schools, especially you know the Texas right. Texas Tech. And you know, I mean, there were rumors that that he was about to commit to Texas back in back in August, and and you know, then Kentucky jumps in the picture. And and you know, what where do you think that kind of dynamic fits in? You know, with his personality, do you think he would be able to fit in at a at a place like Kentucky? I really do. I think they were, and and he, I'm not saying he can't develop into a leader type of guy. Yeah. He is. He's, he's a smart kid. He's a good kid. Uh, he will learn from all that stuff, but uh, he'll also he's also good at taking commands too. And sometimes you have those alphas. Yeah. And he, and it wouldn't be a bad thing that's coming in. He listens to some guys. So uh, I think I think he would fit in. And I, I'll be honest with you. I asked him. He uh, we were in practice. He said, "Can I put my top five? You know, out there, and he, I said, I said I'd do it at twelve, and that's during our practice. I said, go ahead, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And we talked for a second, and I said, do you have a favorite right now? Because I was being nosy, <laughs> and he was, and he said, he said no. He said I, I really, he said all five, all five are right there, you know, on kind of on the same level. So there is no early favorite, there is no early leader in the clubhouse, and it's uh, just kind of whatever. He really hadn't made up his mind. I'll just say that. Well, how how has this recruiting process been for him? Because you know, you like you said, he he you know he did kind of go from you know, kind of seemed like he was favoring Texas for a little while. It's, you know, some of the local schools things are kind of spreading out a little bit more with the Kansas and Kentucky and and all that. You know, do, what kind of role have have you played a part of in this recruitment? And and just how do you think he has handled it as a whole? I, really, my role has just been. Just whatever he wants to talk to me, he'll talk to me a little bit about it. His, I'm telling you, his mom and, and his dad are really big, especially his mom. They're they're really good people, and uh, they have been kind of guiding him through this thing. But they're not; they will not make the decision. He's gonna make the decision himself. So, mm-hmm. but uh, mom and dad are big, and and I'm real close with mom and dad. I I was I taught mom and I coached dad, so uh, you know they they trust me with him, and uh, but it's. It's been hard. He, I'll be honest with you. He just here within the last probably month. He's talked to me about how just all the meetings and all the Zoom meetings and all the phone calls have just been, it's been a little much, and he's getting tired of of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why he cut it down to five yeah. because he was just getting tired of so many, so many people trying to call him. And you know, one day he called me. We used to meet at about eight o'clock, and he'll I'll open the gym and he'll work out some nights and. He was on a Zoom meeting from about eight to about nine thirty with I think it was Oklahoma and he kinda of just shook his head afterwards and apologized and I was like, It's all right, you know, it's you know, you stay up here to however long you want to yeah. 
but uh, it really you can see it's just really weird on him all the all the meetings. <laughs> yeah, he's not a talkative. He's not. He's a quiet kid. He's not a <laughs> I want to talk all the time type of guy. So. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it it has been especially like say the last month is I think he'd like to just be done with it. But he was excited about the top four, top five. I'll be honest with you, he really was. But as far as uh, like say proximity, yes, it would probably be good if. If it was closer, but he knows Kansas, Kentucky, when you start talking those two, you have a chance to, to do something really special kind of after that too. So that that's kind of a big draw to me. Yeah. Well, well you know, kind of touching on UK, everybody knows about the Jay Lucas connection and, and how the close they were at Texas. And then, you know, things kind of – it seems like as soon as Kentucky kind of got in the picture and, and started recruiting Jay to Kentucky, it kind of seemed like uh, Damien kind of took a step back. And, and once that move was officially made, it kind of, you know, kind of put things on pause and he had to, you know, kind of reevaluate, gave him something to think about. You know, what do you know about their relationship and, and what is Kentucky's pitch to him as a whole right now? Uh, You know, it's it's – the greatest pitch ever. You come here, we'll give you a chance to play in the NBA. So that, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not. And I'm not saying they're even saying that, but he knows. And then we sat down and talked when he got the offer. He kind of he was really excited. He came in smiling to my office, and I said, you know, we sat down, and I said, you you know, you have to, you have to seriously think about that because what's your, what's your end goal? What do you want to do, you know, in life? And he was, you know, he's been wanting to. He wants to play in the NBA. I'll just be honest with you. He mm -hmm. does. He wants to. He wants to get a shot. I'll just say that. And I said, well, you realize if you go to Kentucky, then you will at least get a shot. You will at least get looked at. You at least have the resources to to get looked at. So, you know, it's all up to how hard he's willing to work and what he's willing to do. But he was uh, he was totally excited. I think that's Kentucky's allure, and honestly, I guess that's that's Kansas's big draw mm -hmm. too. But, you know, it's it's you know, I'll say it's it's really all of them, but especially Kentucky, you know, you've got that network of, of guys and, you know, you watch the NBA finals and Kentucky, Kentucky. Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's an infomercial. All, all around. <laughs> and, uh, and in the bubble, there's Kentucky everywhere. So, and, and they were showing out. So he, he knows, you know, he knows, and that's a, that's a big draw. Have you guys talked about the, you know, the NBA success and I mean, you know, the NBA finals specifically, I mean, it's literally just Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo versus, you know, Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. Yes. And, you know, is that oh, something yeah. that you guys talk about? We, you know, really, we have, he's, he's kind of a strange kid in that he, he doesn't, he knows what some of the NBA finals, but he doesn't watch a whole lot of, he doesn't watch a whole lot of basketball. So uh, as far as, as far as, you know, just every day I got to watch the NBA finals. He'll watch it if it's on and knows it's on, but he's not seeking it out too much. He's really working on his game and, and doing things, things like that more. So uh, we talked a little bit about it and, and he knows, like I said, he knows the network that he's going to come into if he goes to Kentucky. And it, I think it excites him. Gotcha. Now That's another one. There, there it is right there. Thank you. Anthony Davis. There you go. There's the name. That's the one yeah. I was looking for. Oh, there you go. Probably, probably defensively. <laughs> Putting on a little weight, he could be, he could be really akin to a. I'm not saying he'll ever be that good, but well, potentially he probably could be. So. Wow, yeah, that's that's, that's definitely what, something that would that yeah that'll that'll uh definitely make make a the, the listeners on this on this show <laughs> that they'll they'll definitely like that comparison quite a bit. Um, now more than yeah more than more than Kevin Durant probably Anthony Davis would be is he's like a yeah. A poor version. Yeah, I'm, I'm right putting I'm putting you doing. to it. I'm going to put out there he, that he is he's a a mix of Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. 
wow. I just put too much pressure on him. Take, let me take that back. <laughs> nah, it's it's all good. Uh, outside of Kentucky, Oklahoma is. I mean, they're they're picking up traction. You know, especially everybody kind of talks about the about his friend being there, Bajan Cortez, um, and and just kind of their relationship. What kind of draw does that have for them? You know, we're, we're kind of you. It's kind of the NBA with with Kentucky versus the comfort of playing with your friend. You know, being yeah. you know relatively close to home. What is what is that allure there? That is that is that's the two things. Relatively close to home. Uh, him and Bijan spent a lot of time this summer together. They worked out together. He spent I think he spent a lot of nights over at Bijan's house uh, during the week. So uh, they're really tight. Uh, he knows the other kid. Uh, I forgot his name that just committed to uh yeah to uh CJ Nolan from mm-hmm. uh Waxahachie. He knows he knows him, so he's really really close to him and the kids and the uh the program and uh Lon Kruger. He's like a he's like a dad type of type of guy too. So mm-hmm. he really likes him. So uh those are the draws with, with Oklahoma. Texas, he loves uh Soccer Smart, which I don't know. I hope he's gonna be there for a while. And, yeah. But he loves, absolutely loves Chuck Smart. I know you talked a little bit about how this this kind of recruiting process is starting to drain on him a little bit. Now you you kind of said that he was um, kind of hinting at wanting to get this over with at some point in the near future. Do you, do you know of a of a timeline by chance? Do you think that this is going to be an early signing period decision? I I really don't because I I, I tell you what all I know is if it was up to his dad, he would like his dad tired of seeing him, you know, kind of tired all the time and thinking about it all the time. So his dad wants him to go ahead and commit. Mom wants him to think about it a little bit longer. So if it's up to the other two, I mean, it's going to be either uh, this or that. But he is, you know, he had said way back when he's going to wait till after basketball season so he can just concentrate on basketball season. But I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know if he'll, he'll do that. So there really isn't a timeline that I know of yet. But he may get so tired of that's that's one thing. If he commits early, then I, you know he's, he's gotten tired of the of the process, and he's he's ready to to be done with all that. Yeah, a- absolutely. All right, we'll we'll end it with this one. Uh, no matter which school lands lands Damien, what is the one thing that fan base should be looking forward to the most about about his commitment? Uh, just uh, basketball wise, a whole lot of block shots and a whole lot of dunks and a whole lot of alley hoops. Uh, you're looking at again. You know, I say this also to uh, to people who have asked me. He is that prototypical uh, kind of NBA stretch forward that they talk about now. That comes out and screens and rolls and screens and and pops to the three point line. And he, I'd say, his range has extended out a couple feet past the, the three point line now. So you're getting a, a you know a potential future NBA prospect is what you're getting, and it's he's a really exciting player to watch. I'll be honest with you. It's made me, uh, you know, my, my dad was a basketball coach, and he told me everybody ought to get to coach a really, really good players sometime in their lives, and I'm getting to do that right now. So, like I said, we've gone from uh, from 11 wins to his in his freshman year to 31 his sophomore and 30 last year, and we're hoping for a bunch more this year too. So uh, hopefully a lot of wins, a lot of block shots, and a uh, chance to watch a guy that probably will play in the pros one day. We are now happy to be joined by 2021 five-star forward and Kentucky target Damian Collins. Damian, what's going on, man? Going good. What's up? 
Not a whole lot. Uh, we are happy to have you. We've been trying for a couple of weeks, and uh, we're, we're very appreciative that you took the time to join us. Um, now, you earned your Kentucky offer back on August 26th. Just you know, go ahead, tell us what that feeling was like. Uh, I know Coach Boston says that you guys had a good little heart-to-heart talk in his office afterward. What, what was that moment like for you? I mean, it felt real good being able to get an offer from, like, a real big basketball school like that. And, you know, that's basically a – basketball player dream being able to get recruited by schools like the big blood the blue blood schools so that really it was really exciting what what has your contact been like with with the uk coaching staff since then i know you know the jay lucas move kind of threw a wrench into things you know who have you been talking to and what level of contact has it been since then uh mostly i've been talking to uh coach justice he's been my recruiter and you know i talked to coach Lucas sometimes and I talk to coach Kyle a lot too so really they've been recruiting me pretty hard ever since they offered me everybody kind of talks about that relationship with Jay Lucas and and what it was like at Texas you know do you think that talk is a little overblown or do you, you know how close were you guys really and how close do you guys continue to be now that he's at Kentucky I mean me and coach Lucas we were real we were close being for him being my recruiter at Texas but then him moving to Kentucky too, it it really didn't change nothing. We're still we're still gonna be close regardless because of the relationship we built with each other. Gotcha. Uh, what is Kentucky's pitch to you as a whole? You know, what what have they said about how they'd use you and what your fit would be uh, alongside the guys that are currently recruiting, who how you'd fit in with the roster, you know, some of the guys that are kind of, you know, potentially coming back next year. Um, you know, how how have they said they would use you at Kentucky? Uh, Coach Kyle, he told me that he had used me pretty much like, you know, like he did Anthony Davis. He said I remind him a lot of Anthony that I'll be able to do some of the things he's doing now. And then, like, when I come there, the uh, kind of development and, like, the stuff like that he'll be able to do to me and stuff like that. Now, I, I got to ask, Coach Boston said to me yesterday that, uh, he he kind of put a lot of pressure on your shoulders. I asked for a player comparison. He said that you are a mix between Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. What what does that mean to you? And and just how crazy do you think he is for for giving you that comparison? I mean, I mean, I kind of think I play like them too because you know I can shoot the ball, dribble, and make plays and stuff like that. But I can also you know get down low like Anthony. And scored about two. So really, I think I'm a mixture of them two, pretty much. What has it been like, you know, turning on the TV and, and every single time there's a playoff game on, or just you know the NBA bubble, and uh, every time you turn it on, there's there's a Kentucky guy on there. You know, Anthony Davis is playing for a championship tonight. You know, what what has that been like to you as a recruit, seeing that as a you know, Kentucky's pitching me NBA dreams, NBA dreams, and, and to be actually able to see that on your own TV, what does that mean to you, Is you know, knowing that they're one of your, your top options? I mean, to me, that, that let me know how, like, how Coach Cal can develop players and get them to where they need to be to be able to go to the next level. It's, you know, like, stuff like that. So, really, that's, it's pretty good being able to see them on TV because that let me know. It, like, let me know what I need to know, you know, like, pretty much. Yeah. 
Uh, now, switching switching gears a little bit, two of your really good friends, Bajan Cortez and, and C.J. Nolan, they're both committed to Oklahoma. Uh, Coach Boston said that you, you spent a lot of time this summer with Bijan, spent the night with him a whole bunch. Uh, you, you know, it, it's it's no secret that you're you're very close with both of them. What kind of impact does that have on your recruitment, and how much are they pushing you to Norman? I mean, they they recruit me to come to Norman, but, you know, pretty much when we, talk, when we all talk, we don't pretty much talk about college. You know, we just hang out, have fun. So really, really, we don't talk about college a lot. But they do, they do try to get me to come there. But you know, I have to do what's best for me. Gotcha. Now, I I do also have to ask. Uh, Coach also said that you were a good old country boy, and I'm dying to know what that means. What what makes you a good old country boy? Uh. Pretty much, I just like I, I have horses and stuff like that. So, okay, maybe that's that that that's a okay. that like that's a brand new like nobody had any idea. Like, okay, explain that a little bit to me. You you have horses. What you like? You live on like a like a ranch or something? What what's the deal there? No, so I don't stay on a ranch. It pretty much is that's all it is. I just have horses, pretty much. And you you fit on them at at six foot ten. Yes, yeah, sir. I got some pretty big horses. <laughs> how how often do you ride? Like, what is wh- when did this come about? Like, how long has this been? Has has this been a part of your life? Uh, I've been I've been riding horses. Since I was two years old, so really, it's been around for a long time. My older cousins and stuff, and my grandparents, they had horses, and so pretty much I was born into it. So, do you like listen to country music? Do you go to like rodeos? Like, what 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 else makes you a a a country boy, as as Coach Boston says? Uh, only thing that I do outside, like that, I just go to like trail rides. I mean, I've been to a few rodeos, but I don't go like that. Gotcha, man. That's that is just like mind blowing to me. Just I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to envision seeing you seeing you on a horse. I I, I think I think that's a uh, that's just just mind blowing to me. Um, all right, you're you're currently listed as a consensus top twenty five prospect, ranked anywhere from number ten overall uh, to I think number twenty four over at ESPN. Uh, where would you put yourself uh, if you were doing the rankings, and and what would you say separates you from from the rest of the top forwards, and I, I guess just the other top players in, in, in your class? I mean, I really don't pay attention to, like, the rankings and stuff like that. You know, I try to stay humble and keep working hard and, like, because rankings are pretty much all opinions. So, to me, I just stay humble, keep working hard, and whatever come my way. Absolutely. Now, Coach said, he, I asked him, okay, you are, say, you have to guard, you know, Dam- you're an opposing coach, you have to guard Damian Collins tonight. Uh, what what would be his game plan to try to stop you or slow you down? And he said uh, all he could do was go home and pray the night before that that uh, that something was going to happen, that you, you didn't have a good game uh, because that there was nobody in your area that can stop you. He, all, all he said is that all he could do is pray. Uh, what do you think of that, and is, is that fair to say? say about your game i mean i think it's pretty true i haven't no i ain't trying to be cocky or nothing but i haven't been guarded around here yet <laughs> he he said that, you, that you're going to be working toward a triple double this year aver, averaging 10 plus blocks a game is that a is that a goal of yours do you think that's something you could do on, on a regular basis yes. uh yes sir, that is a goal of mine i think i'll be i think i'll be able to do that 
what are what are your updated measurements right now? I think that they have you listed right now at six ten, you know, anywhere from one hundred ninety pounds to two hundred twenty. What have you been re- measured uh, recently, and and what are those official uh, measurements right now? Uh, I haven't been weighed recently, but I know I'm like I'm six ten. I think I'm between yeah, like between one ninety or two hundred, something like that. Gotcha. Then I know I got like a seven five wingspan. Gotcha. Uh, now, regarding a decision, um, you know, your coach says that this process has been weighing on you heavily. Uh, it's been exhausting dealing with phone calls and Zoom calls and, you know, virtual <laughs> visits and all that stuff. Uh, you know, is that pushing you toward a decision a little bit, you know, in, you know, in the early signing period potentially? And, and you know, just how, how much do you want to get this process over with? I mean, the price is not too, it's not too bad. But, you know, I was going to wait to see, like, if we're better take our visits and stuff, but after I heard that that's probably not going to happen no time soon, that's probably what made me go ahead and start thinking about the commitment more. So is is there a current timeline on that? Uh, you know, are, are you thinking about the early signing period? Uh, yeah, we're thinking about it a little bit, but we don't have, we don't know for sure yet. Gotcha. What what is going to be the biggest uh, you know deciding factor? You know the biggest push or pull uh, in in your decision where you ultimately decided to commit. Uh, the biggest thing is somewhere that I go be able to fit in, and somewhere that I think that'll develop me a lot to get where I need to be. Gotcha. Uh, now, okay, we'll end it here. For the school that ultimately lands your commitment, what are they getting out of Damian Collins? Like, what's the the biggest takeaway that that fans should be excited about potentially earning your commitment? Uh, that, I'm gonna give it all I got every time I'm on the court. So that's that's yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I'm gonna give it all I got every time I'm on the court. Hundred ten percent.